0: everybody, welcome to the World's Greatest Bronze Age Spider-Man Podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I am your co-host, Mike Allen, as always been joined by...
1: Joshua Merval, and today we're going to be taking a look at the first three episodes of the 94 animated series of Amazing Spider-Man Season 4.
0: That's right, and we are joined by Andrew Barry Helmer. Ooh. Hey, welcome back. What Wait, me? what's your nickname? You have a nickname, don't you? I don't remember what your nickname is. Barry. <laughs> no, no, no. For, don't you have a superhero name? I always forget these things. I Maybe don't.
2: Not. I don't. I don't. I, I gotta just, work on that. Just Barry. J- just Barry. Just Barry. We'll
0: think of one before the uh, the hour's through. But it's
2: funny because like, I've gone by Barry for so much of my life that a lot of people uh, think that in some way it's part of my name. It's not at all.
0: Where did you get that nickname from? Oh, interesting.
2: It's a weird nickname for like Barry White when I was just like, ri- like 12, 13, you know. Somebody thought it was funny that, like, you know, the tiniest whitest kid in the world, they would call him Barry Barry White. So, <laughs> okay, and here I am
0: at 36 oh. years old. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. That's like calling like the biggest guy in the prison tiny, right? Tiny, because yeah. yeah exactly. Like that, right. Exactly. So, okay, I did not actually realize this, Barry, but you have not seen the Spider-Man cartoon since the 90s, correct? Uh,
2: no. But I've done the thing that a lot of people uh, have done in that I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. And so I've started watching it and I've probably done that about a dozen times. And I pretty much (laughs) Mm. watched, I've seen Night of the Lizard so many times. (laughs) And (laughs) then I usually make it maybe one or two in. Like, I feel like the next arc is like the Spider Slayers. Right. And like, I get in there and I'm like, okay, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. And then. A year goes by, and I'm like, I'm going to rewatch it. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll start over again. But now, having watched these episodes, I'm like, okay, I'm actually going to rewatch it. But I'm just going to skip over the first three episodes because yeah. I've seen yes. them enough.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So, okay, uh, we there's three episodes. I have a terrible time summarizing episode plots. But uh, Barry, do you want to take one of these?
2: Okay, sure. Yeah, I, I can do the first one there.
0: Okay, sure. And then Josh, do you want to do the second one, and I'll do the third one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, Barry. So uh, do the honors, and we are talking about what's the first one called? Uh, uh, guilty. guilty. It this. So this is this is very confusing. This is Partners <laughs> in Danger, Chapter One, Guilty.
2: That was always my favorite thing about the Spider-Man animated series is, like, you would always be in, like, the Neogenic Nightmare, chapter, like, 17, yeah, right. Know. you know, it, it Spider-Man kind of follows, takes a bank loan, part three.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and It kind just, of follows, like, a comic, like, uh, oh, yeah. naming convention, too, which is kind of fun. Right. Yeah, it's great.
2: Yeah, it was always, like, just loads of fun, and I remember, like... Just very, this is probably how I learned like Roman numerals as exactly a, as, like, as a right. young kid, like, you know, because <laughs> they would get real, because then they would get deep, you know, from the first Rocky one through five, you got to learn, you know, up till five, but after that, you needed something else. So this one would definitely, there'd be like chapter 13, chapter 14. So yeah, so we're partners in crime. No, Sorry. Partners in danger. Chapter <laughs> one. Yes. Guilty. Uh this one was a lot of fun. So it opened with like a really long recap of everything that had happened in the previous season, which I appreciated having not seen it in a good 25 years. <laughs> but a lot of it really kind of like came right back in like so basically the ser- you know the season ended with uh Mary Jane disappearing essentially. Mm-hmm. And I remember that this this cliffhanger dragged out forever and not only that but because of the way they aired it like you never knew when there was going to be new episodes like they didn't really schedule them well so you would be like right you would and then they would just start over from the beginning again because it was syndicated and then so you would get all the way to the end and you're like maybe this time they're gonna pick up where it <laughs> and it didn't it didn't Uh, So, yeah, we pick up with that and, uh, you know, Parker has lost uh, Mary Jane. He's blaming himself and his life uh, as Spider-Man, rightfully so, as the reason for her disappearance. Um, And (laughs) in a very weird leap in logic, he's just like, oh, man, I wonder, I wonder, uh, you know, is this in this episode? I can't remember, but he's like, man, who else knows about loss? And he's like, oh, right. Felicia Hardy <laughs> lost Michael yeah. Morbius.
0: Bit of a stretch there. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. The he
1: was really <laughs> yeah. calling for a booty call, honestly. Let's <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. like, they he definitely it was. He not say the show, but that's exactly what was yeah, happening. Yeah, he definitely was. He definitely yeah. was.
2: So, yeah. you know, we. Uh, oh, God. Oh, but the. That was, you know, that's an aside. The main thing was this episode kind of centers around Robbie Robertson uh, gets framed for a crime. uh, And he basically like, you know, it opens with Robbie and uh, Jonah talking to each other in the bugle office and, you know, doing their regular banter. And, uh, you know, it, it all, you know, Jonah's being a bit of a. A Jonah, about everything. He's kind of a dick. Uh, and Robbie's like, well, I gotta go watch my, I gotta go watch uh, Randy go play in, uh, you know, the All-Star game. I'll see you later, Jonah. And he leaves the office and he is immediately, like, knockout gassed as soon as he gets into a cab. And then he wakes up in the middle of a bank robbery and a bunch of people are calling him Mastermind uh, and Spider-Man shows up to to break it up and then, you know, Robbie seemingly shoots Spider-Man but really the gun just goes off. Uh, then Robbie, you know, is caught by Spider-Man uh, who unmasks him and he's like, oh no, it's Robbie. Uh, and then he has what is like the fastest trial in the <laughs> yes, in the criminal justice system, uh-huh. like he is, he is sentenced and jailed within a good twelve hours. Yeah. Like and the and like he he gets up to the stand and like he starts telling his story, and the lawyers just like, no, no, you don't even get to tell your side of the story. Mm-hmm. This is serious, not a Saturday morning cartoon, uh, which was you know a good in joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. The rest of the episode is basically about uh, both Jonah and Spider-Man trying to figure out who framed Robbie. There's a little bit of a team-up between Jonah and uh, Spider-Man, even though Jonah remains prickly through the whole thing. Uh, We get to see Jonah back in his element as Jigsaw Jameson, the the young hotshot reporter he claimed to be before he became the editor. And we see him like... Just sinking back into his old, like, his old habits. Like, he hits up, like, all the same, like, people who are still, (laughs) who are still, like, informants on the streets. Like... 30 years later? Yeah, 30 years later, he goes to see this cop, and he's he's like, you're still the best guy on the streets for, for information. You're like, how do you know that? And he goes to, (laughs) he goes to see this... Who was clearly like this, you know, young hot waitress? But it's been thirty years, and she's still working there. And he's uh-huh. like, "You are gonna take me to this guy," and so he gets into the whole, you know, the whole thing, and they basically are able to exonerate Robbie together, but not before we find out that the person who put them put him there was obviously Kingpin, who is trying to break out his son Richard from. Rooker's Island, which is not Rikers Island, but Rooker's Island, mm. uh, and it's like the most elaborate, like, way of breaking his son out of prison because like Tombstone is also in Rookers, and Tombstone has it out for Robbie, and I, I didn't even really quite grasp how Tombstone came into the, came into it all. Like, I wasn't really. I guess he just assumed that Tombstone would help everybody break out, and mm-hmm. so. That was Kingpin's really convoluted plan. Uh, so, you know, it ends with Robbie back on the streets and he's fine. And, you know, Tombstone and Richard Fisk go back to jail. And then we are able to go into the next episode. You know. Uh, that was that's about it. Anything mm-hmm. I you can think that I missed? <sighs> I don't think so. No.
0: It, it was pretty convoluted as you said it was kind of hard to keep track of what was going on now one thing i yeah. want to point out before we even get into the specifics of this episode is the one thing about this series that i didn't like in the 90s and i still don't like is this is one of the most fast paced shows i have ever seen okay mm-hmm. now if you if you consider you know a beat to be as a, a defined event in a story this movie or this show it's like some someone's reacting to something and then like uh, in dialogue and then the visual is already showing the next thing that's happening. Like you, your brain is operating on six different levels to follow what's going on. And I'm sure a kid has no problem with that, but I just always thought it was so fast paced. Like, do you agree with that, Gary?
2: Oh yeah, it really is. Especially at this point in the series where mm-hmm. it's juggling so many different plot lines. And it's really, it's not it's not dissimilar from just picking up a random issue of amazing and just being like, what the, who, who the hell are these people? What's uh-huh. going on? And, and like, it tries its best to catch you up. Like I didn't remember the show having as many flashbacks to previous episodes, but right. every single episode we watched was like, Oh, right. You gotta, you gotta remember this. And like, uh-huh. you know, you could see it almost like a, you know, like a tongue in cheek <sighs> editor joke being in yeah. there at some place. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah
1: i feel like too a lot of the stuff that that happened particularly in these few episodes that we've been watching um was just like unneeded you know what yeah. i mean like like kingpin was like don't worry i know of a way that i can uh get make sure that robbie's robbie goes over to rooker's island don't worry about it and then we have this whole scene where the guy's like <laughs> Robbie you're going here he's like oh no my computer is glitching what's happening Mm. and then he's like okay well I guess you're going to Rooker's and the the bot like the 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 security guards like are you sure you just said another place he's like no I couldn't have said that it says Rooker's right here you see and it was just like Mm -hmm. really we couldn't have just been like Kingpin's like don't worry I've got a hookup and then that's it yeah we see Robbie in a bus or whatever on the way or, like, on the boat to to the island and then
2: that's it. No, it had to be, like, a whole Yeah, and at what point, like, there's already so many (laughs) leaps in logic in this. Like, why, like, you know, obviously the trial goes really fast and all that, but, like, (laughs) at no point would I have questioned if he just ended up in the same jail. Like, I didn't need him to go to another jail and then get transferred to a jail. I would have just been like, oh, you know, Kingpin knows where they send people and they
1: set him up to be like this crime boss, right? <laughs> they even made him like a supervillain name and everything. Mastermind. So it, it would make sense that that like oh this guy, this mastermind character, yeah, let's put him away in the supervillain prison. We didn't I don't know, it just it wasn't needed. And and even like the the end trial was like extremely fast. Yeah. jada Jonah Jameson is like holding up a picture. He's like, "Look at Gun was fake. The judge is like, alright, that's enough for me. Uh-huh, <laughs> you uh-huh. go free.
2: Sorry, buddy. Sorry, sorry about what happened last time, but uh As eh. as an as an adult, it was really hard to watch knowing how the American <laughs> justice system like works right. and being like, oh man, even after they proved he's innocent, he might he might be in there for another 12 years until it yeah. gets stay in court.
0: <laughs> now I also I want to point out uh <laughs> So Mastermind, I don't know if you know this, he is from the comics. Okay. And he's he's actually, oh wait, no, I'm thinking of Crime Master.
1: Crime Master. Okay, because okay. the Rose. I thought the Rose, Mastermind was a DC character.
0: Mastermind
2: sounds Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah.
0: Because the Rose was inspired by Crime Master. <laughs> I thought maybe that's what they were going for, but I was wrong. But uh, yeah, I guess Mastermind is just made up for mm. this but um maybe it was a reference maybe it was a reference to another storyline could have been yeah um we should point out that the the actor that plays herbert landon david warner only just died a few Mm -hmm. days before the recording of this episode right yep yep and uh to be honest i'm not a huge fan of him (laughs) like i've never been a huge fan of i've seen him in Every, so many different things, and I've just never really liked him as an actor. He's a fine actor, but he's just never been one of my favorites. But I must give a shout-out to him because he was in two Star Trek films, and I love Star Trek. In fact, he was in two Star Trek films, and I believe he was also in that famous episode of Star Trek where he tortures Picard, right? Wasn't that him?
2: I believe so. He was. He played a Klingon, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Josh, you, how far along are you on your... Star Trek. Not very far. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh,
2: but I know him from Tron, actually.
0: Yeah. I was, I was thinking yeah. about
2: him in Tron as well, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ninja Turtles uh, two: The Secret of the Ooze, He's like the scientist in that. He all is in right. uh, Titanic. He plays Billy Zane's like That's muscle, right. uh, mm-hmm. who like in the middle of like the ship going down. He's just like, yeah, all right, I'll chase him with a gun, no problem. Yep, yep. Um, yeah,
0: he's always been around.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say,
0: like, so this is not his
2: finest voice work, but he did play uh, Ra's ghoul Ghul on the Batman Animated. I movie. forgot about
0: that. Yep, I forgot and about that's, that.
2: And that's a, great, that's a great performance. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. He was a Klingon in two different Star Trek movies playing two different Klingons. He was also uh, a Cardassian. Um... I believe it was a Cardassian that tortured uh, Picard. So that must have been him. But for Star Trek fans out there, I could be wrong because I'm skimming through like an article now and I'm, I'm not going to take the time to read it because you don't want to listen to me read. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> fine actor. It's too bad we lost him. But the voice work on the show is definitely... It's not his st- high point. <laughs> yeah, it's... You know, the, the voice acting in the show is good, but the, the gold standard is still Batman the Animated Series. So let's be clear, Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there are, there is some crossover, but, and some of the voices are good in this, but I just think that whoever was directing them just wasn't, the the voice acting is not as subtle I find on this show. Yeah,
2: it's not like Andrea Romano on, uh there you go in Batman Animated yeah but yeah there's a lot of crossover actors right you know like Mm -hmm. I was mentioning before like you know uh, Dr. Octopus in this this is the first time I realized that he was played by Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. who famously played Alfred on Batman Animated again much better performance on there yes Mm -hmm. uh Mark I Hamill think, voiced the Hobgoblin, doing yeah. basically an identical performance to his Joker, which even <sighs> as a kid I remember finding really weird. Yes. Uh, Ed Asner. Ed Asner. As okay, now he's great. Like he's that's great. great. Yeah. yeah. Ed yeah. Asner as JJ is great.
1: It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: So some people think he's better than J.K. Simpson. Is it J.K. Oh, J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. But he's I not, think J.K. Like, Simmons is better. They're both. They're both great.
2: They're both yeah. iconic takes on the character. Right.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it is it is hard to judge one episode because they all kind of run together. But uh, what was, Barry, what do you think of this episode? you think it was solid or what?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, as much as I've been complaining about it and how convoluted and silly it was, I mean, I did really enjoy watching, like getting a lot of you know, Ed Asner's Jonah in this, like Mm -hmm, we got a lot of him and he's great. And he's like, just really, you know, chews the dialogue up. Um, Maybe not the best, like Spider-Man story, but it was kind of interesting to get a Jonah centric one because he didn't get a lot of those in the animated, whereas in the comics every now and then you'll get, you'll get thrown a bone on that. Right.
0: That's the Mm -hmm. thing is he's kind of treated like a one dimensional character of just, you know, he wants. Yeah. Pictures yeah. of Spider Man on his desk. It's always nice to see a little bit of character development with him, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and so that's what was... makes that's what makes Jameson works as such a longtime character is you know like he's not a complete bastard. Right. Whereas exactly. like as great as JK Simmons is, we we've never really seen that part of him.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So uh Josh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, it was a it was a good one. I I like uh Again, I like JJ in this episode a whole lot. Um, uh, it, it wasn't the best out of all of the episodes that we reviewed, but mm. I think the best of this week's picks. Um, yeah, yeah, i give you that. Um, I don't know. There's something just so weird about the next two that just don't work for me. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, this is, it's a cute episode. It picks up. And kind of like recaps what happened in like the finale last uh, last season. So it's, it, it does a pretty good job.
0: Yeah. We should also point out that this episode is partly based on Spectacular Spider Man 150, 151, and 155, which we have actually not read yet. We're just about to. So we're kind of mm-hmm. spoiling the story a little bit, but that's okay. We can still enjoy it. But anyway. Interesting. Okay. So now we're going to jump to the next episode. You there's catch? a reason
2: There's a reason I chose to recap the first one, because I was, like, thinking, how the hell do you recap either of the other two?
0: Yeah, I'm going to have a heck of a time, but I'll do yeah. my best. But, uh, Josh, you're going to do the episode called The Cat.
2: Right. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so Spidey goes over to Felicia's house for another booty call, and uh-huh. uh, we see that Felicia runs into a room, with her mother and she's talking to this guy in the shadows and they're like trying to keep a secret of some sort uh they have like some sort of business deal together and then this character is revealed to be the uh to be to be doc ock he grabs uh felicia and felicia's mother and starts kind of like threatening them and spider-man comes in saves the day yada 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 they they kind of leave whatever um uh, later on, Spidey finds some information about what they were kind of like what their conversation was about. And it turns out that there's this like uh thing called the Azubac Fortune. Azubak Fortune. And it was like this big jewel thing. Uh, heist that happened like years ago and when looking through all of like the newspapers and stuff he finds a picture of the like person in charge named john hard hardesky and it turns out that that is actually secretly felicia's father who has been presumed dead for years or whatever Mm -hmm. so uh kingpin and doc ock are teaming up talking about how they're gonna uh work together and uh how kingpin has spliced the chameleon's dna (laughs) (laughs) with the blood of an alien which had a techno organic virus which made him able to um use his chameleon powers without his belt and also they can see through his eyes through a computer somehow and track him and he's just like a big like macguffin cool tool thing i guess now right uh so he's in prison at one of like the shield facilities and uh they use they use him to break out and then to steal to kidnap john hardesky who is also being held in the facility by shield for some reason so like somehow spidey gets tangled in all this i don't even remember how he finds out but they go there there's like battles on helicarriers and stuff um (laughs)
2: <laughs> he gets the badge. Was... He he gets the badge from Jonah's office, which can call right.
1: Shield. Yeah, right. That's what it was. So he he gets the the badge from Jonah's place. Calls Shield. There's like this like kind of like mini fight because the Spidey's not with Shield and whatnot. Um, uh, uh, we also find out through Shield files that. The reason why John Hardesky is so valuable and kept by S.H.I.E.L.D. is because when he was little, uh, it turns out that he has a photogenic memory. So when he was little, he was in the room with uh, Captain America when he became a super soldier. (laughs) And he memorized the super soldier serum before it was destroyed by Nazis. And then Nazis tricked him into giving them the super soldier serum yeah I, um that's correct and then yeah so there he's kind of like i'm not gonna help you uh uh i'm not gonna help you sorry and then he's like all right well maybe you'll help me now and then he like shows that doc ock has felicia captured and then uh it, they kind of have a reunion and he's kind of like well now will you give me the serum and then that's where this episode ends if i remember correctly
0: but yeah I that's, to, that's about it i have to quickly say that the reason he Ugh. knew he was being duped is, is because he said why would the guy who's working for the nazis call himself captain america
2: right <laughs> and <laughs> anyway then, and then the guy like the nazis like <laughs> don't even attempt to, like, come up with an excuse. They're like, right. well, you got,
0: you got us. That- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then, got- red,
2: and then red Skull comes out, and, and you're already, like, there's already way too many characters oh in God. this episode. And then Red Skull comes out from behind a curtain. Right. And it's just like, hey, you get back here. And, yeah. and the child outwits Red Skull and the Nazis. They, and it's so weird. They couldn't just be,
1: like, and the Nazis tricked me. And then we cut out of the flashback and he's like, boy, was I wrong. Or so, yeah, it's, No, sure. we have to like show like no, <laughs> red, yeah. skull, this red Skull coming out and the whole like Captain America revelation,
2: whatever. And so like, here's the thing that I was a little lost on. And I, you know, I guess it maybe is just the adaptation of this. But like, you know, John Hardesky, like he's he's always supposed to be this big master thief called the cat. Right. And that's where. You know, Black Hat kind of takes all of her inspiration from. In this universe, was he a thirteen-year-old boy who went to jail? When did he have a kid? What 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 uh. happened? <laughs> was Felicia born in
0: in the in the fucking late forties? Yeah, the timelines never add up. But no. just to be clear, uh, is the cat a character from the comics? I thought yeah. that yeah.
2: Oh really? Really? I mean in I, I, every in every okay so I, I I don't I can't recall him in amazing but I've seen countless iterations of you know black cat stories that involve her father being oh. a famous uh <clears throat> thief called the cat and like you know, it was in the it, even as recent as like the the Marvel video game, like the most recent Marvel Spider-Man video game had a subplot about it. Um, hmm. The ult- Ultimate plot, uh, Ultimate Comics had a subplot about it, and I think Spectacular? Okay, like The animated Spectacular also I, dealt I with it. I
1: thought that this was like a loose adaptation of the Black Fox. That's what I
0: thought. That's what I thought. Because he,
1: ha- he has like the gray mustache. Right. He's a like a burglar he's usually kind of like hanging around when felicia is in like a lot of the spectacular issues that we've been reading so i had just assumed that it was like a adaptation of
0: well that. i have some news folks this character was created for this cartoon in this okay. episode yeah okay right. so <laughs> he's probably inspired by the black fox but okay. it does, i think his his character carried over like you said Barry into other series maybe
2: yeah no yeah. i'm looking at it now and you're right okay. i i never would have i never would have assumed that it came out of this wow movie. yeah
1: yeah and he even has like the all black like jumpsuit when he hacks it spoiler alert when he hacks into the like computer to click delete to delete the the super soldier serum but Uh he's in like he even kind of looks like the black fox when he's in that because he's got like all black costume he's got glasses (laughs) on i don't know i just
2: okay here we are here we are he he did appear he was created by marv wolfman and keith pollard for amazing number 194 which came out in july 1979 uh, he the was cat? he was called no he was called Walt he was Walter Hardy okay. but he was a re- world renowned cat burglar and the father of Felicia Hardy after that this John this John one is the one that kind of ended up continuing there so they created mm. him here John Hardesky right uh, and then Jack Hardy is who he was in the ultimate universe and uh, thank God for Wikipedia because like it just sounds like I know all this but no <laughs>
0: You know, I just have to point out that's uh, also could be a sneaky way to not pay Marv Wolfman and whoever else co created the original character. They do that a lot. Marv
2: <laughs> Marvel mm. not pay original creators yeah. or artists for their work? <laughs> what?
0: Uh huh. Sneaky bastards. Actually, that's also why we got. Um, remember Black Vulcan from Super Friends? I do not. Okay. Oh, Super Friends, you remember Black Vulcan, right, Josh? Maybe not.
2: No.
1: Did we origin- do anything? We watched an episode with
0: no. I just thought that you'd know who that was. i <laughs> anyway. o- the
1: only episodes I've seen are for this.
0: A super no, we never watched Super Friends. I'm talking about Super oh, Friends, not oh, Spider oh, Friends. Super Friends, yeah. sorry, yeah, Super okay. Friends. So there was a character called Black Vulcan on the Super Friends, and he was black, and he had lightning powers, but he had a yellow and brown suit and bare legs. And he didn't appear in DC Comics at all. But it turns out years later, you find out the reason Hanna-Barbera created him is because they didn't want to pay extra for Black Lightning because Black Lightning was partially owned by Tony Isabella. And DC was like, oh, well, if you want to use Black Lightning, you have to pay him more. And they're like, screw that. We'll just create our own character. Whereas what really should have happened is uh, DC should have given... Tony Isabella a cut of their own pay, which obviously they wouldn't do, so that's how you get Black Falcon. Hmm. That's that. Everybody's,
2: everybody's most memorable character, Black Falcon.
0: Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh so anyway, yeah, this episode, I mean, it was definitely cool to see the backstory of um Felicia Hardy. Right? To see see some exploration yeah. of her backstory.
2: Well, especially because, you know, at this point, like Felicia's in like episode one of the series and like is a a regular fixture on the show so it is interesting Mm -hmm. that i didn't think it like watching this now i'm like wow it really took them till season four to have her become the black black cat
0: Uh, it's funny because even as i was watching it even though i've just watched the whole show i'm like oh is is this her first appearance yeah it feels like she's already been in it but she hasn't
2: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Uh
0: uh-huh so that was cool
1: yeah we've seen felicia quite a bit but yeah this is the first time uh season four but I guess it kind of makes sense they wanted to write off Peter's love interest before introducing her into the mm-hmm.
2: show. Yeah, but. because for a kid's show, you might not want to do love triangles and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, Spectacular Spider-Man had no problem with that. But in the 90s, they sure didn't <laughs> want Parker to have a different love interest. Because, right. I mean, I might be 100% wrong, but Gwen never comes into the, no. the animated. No, right? no apparently... I
0: they said that they, they didn't want to use Gwen because if they did, the audience would just be waiting for her to die.
2: Which is true of yeah. any t- time you use Gwen Stacy,
0: it is true. Right. But anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, I thought this episode was pretty good. Not a masterpiece, but I thought it was pretty good. The S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff didn't work for me.
2: No. Gotcha. Sh- S.H.I.E.L.D., <sighs> I, I remember it flashbacked as a kid being like, oh, man, now I remember why I used to like just really hate Shield in general because mm-hmm. this show, and like you know, as a guy with an eye patch, I'm supposed to like Nick Fury, but he's <laughs> so dorky in this that.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm still also, doing
1: the David Hasselhoff. Oh yeah, they sure yikes! Are. Uh, yeah, yes, type which character.
0: I've still not seen. But I, I saw did,
2: that as a kid.
0: Really, and how was it? <laughs>
2: It was a TV movie starring David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. How good (laughs) do you think it was?
0: Yeah. Uh. Um, What was I going to say? I don't know if the voice actor has changed for Nick Fury, but in this episode, Nick Fury is voiced by, I will find out in a minute, but I will say it's the same voice actor that played Smokescreen and Ultra Magnus on the Transformers cartoon hmm i guess his name is jack angel but i don't know if he's always been doing nick fury but this is the first time i've noticed him because he has a very distinct voice
2: mm-hmm.
1: interesting yeah i think he only showed up briefly uh before this before this yeah but so yeah yeah i don't know this episode's fine i guess there's a lot of weird unneeded stuff like right yeah. We just established that Kingpin has connections to the prison, but we have him, I guess it's like a different prison, so, so they can include shield or whatever, but like, the whole chameleon thing is so stupid. It's so stupid. It's I've so been, dumb.
2: I love that like, and then like King, like chameleon like stays behind in prison yeah (laughs) and you're like what do we know about chameleon that would suggest that he wouldn't try to save himself like why why would why would he be like cool with like just being a patsy for the kingpin
1: yeah like did he like throw him did kingpin like send him off to jail after experimenting on him so he could just be like oh i've got a trick up my sleeve for when i need to bust somebody out of jail again (laughs)
2: I guess so. <laughs> the
1: second time in
2: a row. It's also weird, like, uh, both of these episodes had it, but more this one and then the next one, where it's just like, oh, my God, how many characters are you going to try to fit into this mm. episode? Like, what? Like, you throw a Chameleon in there. You got Nick Fury. You got Nora. You got uh, Captain America, Red Skull. Yeah. And, and like, there's no really, like,
1: reason heard, for them to like be yeah, there yeah. It, yeah yeah i i was also like kind of waiting for the whole chameleon chameleon thing to like pay off
2: yeah he just hangs out he goes no. back to his goes back to his cell pretends to be uh jack Kardaski, who <sighs> you know after the culmination of this arc i guess they're gonna be like wait a second
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, I i was kind of like waiting for like at the end of the next episode when the story's like at its climax, we're going to find out, like, Spider-Man has accidentally been working with Chameleon or something, and there was yeah, that, a reason this whole time he was there, but...
2: Yeah, that would have been better. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would have been pretty cool. <laughs> Except, no, he's yeah. just uh, just playing a uh, uh, stand-in.
0: So I guess we can say this episode was pretty good. uh yeah um now we're gonna jump to the next one the final episode we're reviewing today this is partners in danger chapter three the black cat Mm -hmm. and we're introduced i'll I'll summarize this one to the best of my abilities we're introduced (laughs) to a jewel thief um who we see is the black cat from the comics Spider-Man and Black Cat end up fighting. Black Cat has the opportunity to pull Spider-Man's mask off, but as with every supervillain, she decides not to cuz she doesn't want to know what he looks like. But she kisses him anyway, right? No, she says mm-hmm. it'll be
2: more rewarding when he tells yeah. me who he is himself. As would mm-hmm. ex- happen in because real life. Because this this Felicia Hardy is like madly fetishizing in love with Spider-Man.
0: Actually, yeah, and to be fair, it, so was the comic one. The comic true. Black Cat liked Spider Man, not Peter Parker.
1: Right. Like, in fact, yeah. And even in this show, we've, we have established for a while that Felicia has like a really strong crush on Spider-Man, even Not, before right. this arc. So. Yeah, right. yeah this is very good, true. It,
0: and I can actually yeah. relate, because there are many girls that like me only when I'm wearing a mask covering my face, and then when, when I right. remove it, they want nothing to do with me. So anyway, <laughs> we're going to jump to scene three. Um, so t- there's a lot of stuff going on that I actually don't remember, but there's all this crap with Kingpin and... Oh, I don't remember any of this stuff. I just watched it, like, yesterday. I don't remember anything. You guys can fill in the gaps here. But what, what is Kingpin's plan here? I don't even remember. Because Kingpin is conspiring. He, just wants to,
2: he wants to make a super soldier mm-hmm. to to kill Spider-Man.
0: Mm. Okay, so that plot's still going on. Okay. right. You know what's funny? <laughs> I watch the show and I enjoy it, but I don't remember it. Go ahead, Josh. I, essentially, what, what we find out is
1: that they test it on Felicia, the super soldier serum. Mm. So like she de- kind of like in the comics where she does get her powers from Kingpin in this one, it's kind of like the, the super soldier serum is tested on her because Kingpin's got like hit her mom and dad captive. And, um, they end up like breaking out of Kingpin's lair.
0: But, but uh, I have to point out when they break out, they break out of a air vent that is Four inches above the main exit and entrance of the the building, which is hilarious.
1: Yeah. But anyway. I mean, yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, Also, S.H.I.E.L.D. is chasing them this entire time because they think that Spider-Man, I think, if I remember correctly, they think Spider-Man has something to do with the breakout from the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, right? I
2: think so, Uh, yeah. Yes, because he was, remember, he was there when
1: it all happened.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Right yeah so they're like shooting him there's like a chase scene and blah 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 blah. anyways uh john deletes the super soldier serum they defeat kingpin and the gang and um john turns himself in after having like one last night with his family and then uh, nick fury's like thanks spider-man for helping me bring john back i guess even though even though
2: they wouldn't have known that John was even missing because Chameleon's pretending to be him in prison. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, S.H.I.E.L.D. lost about... 38 million dollars worth of flying motorcycles yeah (laughs) (laughs) half
1: of the time they were just like ditching them for no reason (laughs)
2: it kept exploding and then they were like all right i'll get on the back (laughs) years yeah and the scene went on the scene went on so long and they Mm -hmm. lost every single flying motorcycle
1: and destroyed so many buildings (laughs) so many buildings
0: (laughs) Uh, so Here, here's the thing. Um, I want to point out a couple things because we haven't really talked specifically about this. But uh, mm. I'm actually looking at the shot right now. This is one of my favorite shots that I've seen, and it's not really a big deal. But there's a, like the animation in this series is um, inconsistent, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: in this episode is pretty good. But there's a really cool shot where Spider-Man swings down and he lands on a building, and he's looking over at Felicia through like a window, and it just kind of reminds me how. You know, all these Spider Man movies where, well, first of all, any blockbuster, and I noticed this like 20 years ago with Godzilla 1998, when a character is like running through the city and the CGI camera is flying around them and following them exactly where they're going or whatever, I never liked that. This shot right here, I'm actually going to screen cap it. Um, mm. I don't know. How, but I just love the way that it's just such a plain shot, but. Felicia is like in her apartment or whatever it is, and Spider Man is like hanging out outside, and it's just such a, a like a, not mundane, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, like you mean
2: you mean like when he's in the windowsill and like they are all like at the
0: end? Well, yeah, it's right near the end. I just <clears throat> sent it to you. He's basically like hang, like on the the oh, um,
1: darn Disney Plus won't oh, see blacks it. Blacks
0: it out. Yeah, you can't see it. But basically, imagine Felicia's in the foreground and mm-hmm. and like. 25 feet away in the background, Spider-Man is like on the Mm. building across the street. But it's just so cool to be like, they could easily do that shot in a movie, but they never do those basic things. It's almost like Alex Ross kind of fixated on that in the Marvels book, which I'm sure you, Mm -hmm. Barry, have you read Marvels? Oh yeah. Like the whole, uh, uh, Josh, Mm -hmm. Marvels? Yeah, like, you know, you have a bunch of people in an office building and then all of a sudden you see Spider-Man walking Like crawling up the window on the outside, I think scenes like that do more Mm -hmm. to show what it would be like if this guy was real than to have a camera flying around Mm -hmm. Spider-Man fighting the lizard on top of a building, right? Like sometimes stuff like that is cool.
1: Even just like the poses that they put him in, like Mm -hmm. he's talking to Felicia, and instead of them standing on the balcony facing each other and going. Back and forth, back and forth, like a lot of cartoons would do, because it's cheaper. You just right. you don't have to animate anything or draw a new pose. You just mm-hmm. have to animate the mouth moving. Um, no, they, they have him, like, jump off the the balcony and swing around, and he's, like, hanging off the side of the building talking right. to Felicia, like yeah. I like Exactly yeah. like Spider-Man would do. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 that was good. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. One of the, like, actually, one of my things with, like, with the MCU is I always... And now that Iron Man's not around, it kind of bugs me that they didn't do it, but they have so many things set in New York that it always bugs me that not once does, like, they just have a throwaway thing of Iron Man flying over top or something like that. Sure. Or mm. I would say you would all, you should definitely do it with Spider-Man, but I don't know how much Sony's going to let them do that in the background. But, like, sure. you know, it's not like you have to pay the actors Yeah. for a background Good shot. Good point, mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it is kind of a weird thing about Marvel, you know, we. I talk about the differences between between the two all the time, but one of them is that DC's characters are all in completely separate fictional yes. cities, and yeah. Marvel's were all in the real city of New York. Almost all of them are in New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least in the beginning they were, which is an interesting choice. But all the also... big,
2: Yeah, like all the big Stan Lee ones are.
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. It definitely makes for a crowded landscape, and it also makes it tricky when... You're trying to do a story where anything of a large scale happens to the city. There's no mm-hmm. way you can do it without addressing, well, where's the Fantastic Four? Where's Doctor Strange? What are these guys doing, right? You have to mm-hmm. kind of incorporate everybody. Or else mm-hmm. it makes I, sense.
1: I think that's why a lot of the time they don't have Iron Man flying in the background of New York. It's because like, when that big thing happens, when the big beam opens in the middle of the sky in New York and the world's going to end... It's like, hey, where's Iron Man? I just saw him flying around. I just saw him like, fly he's over. He's not doing yeah. anything. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: They used to do that in Superman, too. There were so many Superman comics. With, oh, Superman's on a mission in space.
2: Because they he's
0: always like, had to do that. Because, right. He's in the Alpha, Superman stop anything. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, this episode, uh, I don't remember it, to be honest, distinctly from the other two, but I thought it was fine. I mean, I can't believe, again, this is the first time we've really seen the Black Cat, but I am a fan of her character, right. so.
1: She's better in this than any of the comics we've <laughs> we've read with her. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's really stinky in, in the 80s comics.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I was a fan of her, always. Like, I, she, I read her growing up, and I was always a fan of her, so I have nothing bad to say. I think, well, I think Black Cat one, is a but.
2: character that has gotten better over the years, mm-hmm. as opposed to her initial... Like, I... I think that you know the the version of her in the in the Ultimate Spider Comics is really good, um, and the version of her that they used in Spectacular Spider Man was really good, like the animated Spectacular Spider Man. So, mm-hmm. I think it just took time to develop her, cause like in the beginning, you know, you could tell they were like, I don't know how to do this without just making her Catwoman. One hundred percent, yeah. And like I think that they eventually got into a good thing, whereas like sure they have you know there's a a love interest there, but it's. Not it's handled so very differently than, say, Batman and Catwoman are. So it's still mm. interesting. Um, we forgot to mention my favorite part about this episode, which is just such a great like, <laughs> animated show being like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do with our existing character models? They give black cat the power to change her appearance uh at will to disguise her identity and clearly it's because they're like well we're not going to throw out all our old felicia hardy Man, character models so they're right. like so black cat looks drastic like she's just built and like you know is has the super soldier ceremony so she's like stacked she's tall her hair is like Huge and long and, and, and white, and then she's able to just switch back into like five foot three Felicia Hardy be, again because you know they didn't want to throw away the character models. Uh huh. <laughs> or it would also, you know, and then in universe, you'd have to explain, like, why is why? Felicia Hardy jacked
1: now? Right. The or funny... why doesn't Peter realize?
0: Yeah. Peter's real right, 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 right. <laughs> The thing is, in the comics, the characters never recognize someone else when they get a secret identity. But the other thing is, is that the thing I liked about Felicia Hardy originally is that she had no superpowers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one of the funny, th- one of the things we talk about in flea market fantasy is my biggest pet peeve about superhero comics, especially back in the '80s, is how there'll be a character who has no superpowers, but then through some accident or through whatever scientific means, they'll gain powers. That coincidentally matched their motif (laughs) that they already had. Like, Mm. I believe it was, was it Hellcat or Tigra or, because there's this cat and there's Hellcat and there's Tigra. One of them started it with no powers and then magically got cat powers. You know, uh, Black Lightning had no powers. Black Cat?
1: Huh? It was Black Cat in the comics. There's no, no, no I know Black Cat. I was oh, going to okay. get to that.
0: I was building to that.
2: Oh, okay. but yeah, Black
0: Cat in the comics had no powers. Then all of a sudden she got bad luck powers.
2: She has bad luck powers, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's so many examples of that. If you go through the history, like characters that have no powers and then they gain powers, that coincidentally, you know, it's like Mr. Freeze's real name is Victor Freeze. What a coincidence, mm. eh? You know? Dr. Anyway.
1: Otto Octavius.
0: Another one, Otto Octavius. <laughs> right by I the think, way i oh, think go like good I old Stephen
2: steven j chameleon <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pronounced chameleon <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> uh yeah uh, i think that they could easily just be like this mutation um like bonds with your dna so it takes something that like is already a part of you boom done but they never do anything like that like how does the super soldier serum change her and give her black like black cat burglar powers it doesn't make any sense right
0: you know they kind of did that in the roger corman fantastic four film where they had reed richards explain at one point in the movie they're like wait a minute i got it johnny you're kind of a hothead right and 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 thing, you—I don't even know how you're explain dumb as the a thing. rock, right? Yeah, you're dumb as a rock, <laughs> and, and and Sue, you kind of like to disappear into the background, and they tied it in so that right. all of the superpowers match their personalities. But again, that's kind of ridiculous as well, right? Because in the English language, we have a uh, you know an analogy where we describe someone with a bad temper as hot-headed. Now you're the human torch. It makes sense, right? Anyway, so yeah, comics are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad we're reviewing them uh, at this day and age. Um, so yeah, this episode was kind of on par with the other ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, the animation. We all agreed that the animation in the first season was really good. It declined a little bit, then it got better. I think this. And then the
1: the, the end of season three was fantastic. Yes. Remember how was, great the, those goblin episodes were?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And then yeah, I feel like these ones kind of reverted back to like the season one, season two era where it's like pretty good especially for Mm -hmm. for a 90s cartoon
2: they probably they 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 probably i would say put in they would probably put in a little bit more money into the ones that uh they knew were important arcs mm -hmm. for them Uh and stuff because like i think i was reading that like much like you know much like the batman animated like they they weren't necessarily ordering seasons of this they were ordering blocks of episodes so like when this show ends, like really abruptly, at episode sixty-five, it was because literally, like they had they had ordered sixty-five episodes, and then they were like, "Okay, well, that's fine. That's all we ordered. Yeah, you're, you're done now." Right? Yeah. It, we it,
0: ordered sixty-five hamburgers and sixty-five fries, and now we've got them. Goodbye. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah it it ends on such a weird thing. Too. I don't remember like,
0: how it ends. So. Okay, I won't say
1: anything. I I
2: think I remember how it ends because I remember how they try to pick up with that and it doesn't really make any sense. Mm -hmm. It leads to a very bad show that nobody finished watching.
0: Which was what?
2: Spider Man Unlimited.
0: Ah, I've never seen it. Okay. Um, I should point out that we talked about the odd um, release chronology of the series. So the last episode of season. Aired on November 23rd, 1996. The first episode of season four uh, aired on February 1st, 1997. So, yeah, they were were just all over the place. And the thing is, is like, you know, when I was a kid, like, I remember Transformers season one Mm -hmm. had 16 episodes, Transformers season two had like 49. Mm -hmm. But that first year, they just re ran the fuck out of those 16 (laughs) episodes, and I was like, I didn't, I was happy, whatever. Yeah, that,
2: that was Batman, Batman animated, like the first season is like, the first season contains like more episodes in it than the majority, like than the rest of the series combined. Like the first season of Batman animated is like 61 episodes or something.
0: Right. And then after that, it was like 10 10, or something per year. And you're like, oh, I got, that's all we got. You you know? know, it's,
1: it's really weird sometimes to like. Uh, companies will order a certain amount of episodes and they'll call it a season. Right. But it'll they'll divide it up differently too on air. Like yeah. um I worked on uh a couple of seasons of Inspector Gadget when they rebooted it and I I worked on season two is what they called it. But when they release all of the episodes, they actually divided the first order of episodes into two seasons so when they ordered season two from us it was actually season three and season four so Mm -hmm. it's like i feel like too sometimes they just kind of yeah you know whatever whatever works for the release schedule or wherever it's airing to might only have like a certain amount of slots or it does better in a certain season because oh we have to delay the season because the toys aren't coming out yet or we want to we want to line up all of the episodes so they're ready for the christmas season so the toys yeah so uh yeah it it there could be a number of different things uh as to why it's so like weird and chopped up, but uh, yeah, especially yeah. especially like back in the eighties with like Transformers and stuff like that. That is like very much a commercial for yeah. toys. Sp- like this, the, I remember the I remember the toys for this. Oh uh, yeah, this show I remember too. The, the
2: big Spider Slayer toys, like yeah, they would advertise. I didn't have those. Obviously, I had the action figures, but the, yeah. the Spider Slayer toys always look so cool. Mm-hmm. Um And also like i think another weird thing with like this one mostly kept to saturday mornings um whereas like batman they would air it every day right right. five Mm. days a week and then when they were airing new episodes they would be airing new episodes five days a week so then you'd have like Hmm. just like a like 18 month repeat repeat wow they would just rerun the series like 18 times and then randomly there would be new episodes
0: (laughs) yep it was tough. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah. if you're burning through one a day, yeah. you might burn through an entire season in like two or three weeks. And then you're yeah, done. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, you're right. Good point. So anyway, uh, okay, so animation-wise, where do you put this, uh, Barry, compared to... We talked about it a little bit, but compared to Batman, compared to X-Men, and all those other 90s cartoons, where do you rate this one?
2: It's... <sighs> Watching it again, like... It's making me really definitely want to just dig right into it again. I remember, like, I would say as a kid, like, Batman was obviously always my favorite. Um, and then I really liked Spider-Man because Spider-Man's always been one of my favorite characters. Um, I enjoyed the Superman animated series despite not being a Superman fan, but it was, the quality of it was enough to keep me entertained as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, like, I liked the... X-Men a lot. Um but even as a kid remember finding it a little like cheesy.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious
2: to go back to that too because as a, a older comic book nerd, I think I'll appreciate a lot more of a lot of things in it than I sure. did then. So Yeah. All is right. this this is not the you know, I've mentioned Spectacular Spider Man a few times. Like that's the best Spider Man animated show by a long really? stretch.
0: It's really Josh. good oh Joshua god Marvell, do you agree with that
1: who i have a spot uh, soft spot for the 90s one yeah uh, i really love the stories in this one this is this is my first i talk about this all the time on the podcast <laughs> but this is my first introduction to spider-man uh was this probably, show. probably mine too probably yeah. mine too. So yeah so this is this is like a this definitely is a soft spot in it, but spectacular spider-man is
2: very good yeah i've never really seen it it's on Netflix now, so I would I would recommend it. It don't let the animation look to it throw you off. It is Yeah, it's very, got like an interesting
1: style, which is really yeah. cool.
2: It is very wow. uh the plot the plotting in it is very good and the character writing is really, really good.
1: And that theme song? I mean Oh, and on. that
2: theme song. Oh yeah. Man.
1: It's better than this Aerosmith one for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, while we're gonna while we're plugging other shows, can I say that X-Men Evolution is the best version of the X-Men? It's better yeah. than '90s X Men. I need yet? to.
1: I need to uh, watch it because I've only seen episode like episodes here and there.
2: I liked it's, it. I liked it more as a kid.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yep. It, it, like even if you, because the reason a lot of people hate it is because they changed the premise. They put them in a regular high school, mm-hmm. mixed in with regular kids as well as the Brotherhood of evil mutants. So A lot of people just shit on it because of that. But the fact is, is that. The animation's great, a lot of the same creators from Batman the Animated Series like Boyd Kirkland and other people worked on it, right? Mm-hmm. The animation's excellent, the voice acting's excellent. But so what? They changed the premise a little bit. I don't mind that at all. I thought it was a really good show. So yeah, Josh, you should check it out. Before. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. write,
2: the writing was good enough that it maintained it, right? Exactly. Like, it, uh, that, that's it another reason I would check out Spectacular, Mike, is that okay. it's, it's Gargoyle. It's, it's Greg Wiseman who did Gargoyles. Ooh, okay. Gargoyles and then Young mm-hmm. Justice. Okay. So he's, and it, he's it
1: has like almost an Ultimates feel to it, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting, like the, the character designs and stuff. So it's uh, yeah. it's nice because it's not trying to just do it again. Yeah. What do you, mean, it kinda,
0: you mean X-Men, Evolution?
1: Oh, sorry, no, Spectacular spider Oh, sure, sure, sure. It's not okay. it's not like doing the same stories over and over again. It it they're able to kind of like do their own thing with it. Yeah, which is nice. it has
2: really good interesting spins on it. And okay, yeah, well, it, do, it does feel like Ultimate a little and it takes mm-hmm. a little from it. So, yeah.
0: I'm in then. I'm in 100%. Okay, cool. Well, there you go. Uh, I want to thank Barry for joining us for this episode. The first time you, re- you re- reviewed the cartoons with us. I want to thank you yes. for joining us. Hey, mm. thanks. It was fun. All right. And uh, G.I. Jolie and uh, Bex Luther could not be with us this week, but they will be with us next week. So be sure to join us. And Josh, you can dig it from here.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, please leave us a review or keep in touch on, um, on our Facebook or our Twitter page um at comic book syndicate you can find our podcast anywhere you can find podcasts Uh, please let us know what you guys think about the episodes and the shows or the comics or the things that we're talking about Uh, we want to keep that conversation going what what's up no it's just funny Um,
0: and until next (laughs) monday see you later